And welcome back to another episode of JP and the Beans Talk. We have a new microphone, and this is the first time it's going to get tested. So if it sucks, if it's poo-poo, blame technology. I honestly don't don't tell me. I don't want to know. I put a lot. <laughs> I put a lot of time trying to figure this out. Don't break my heart, okay? Tell Jordan, and then he'll be like, "Oh, oh okay." I'll write you a <laughs> gently worded note, but. Technology's on our side. There's a phenomenal energy in the gym. We're here. We're hyped. We are psyched and excited. I mean, just incredible, incredible times. So it's just great to be back, back in the chair, Riles. It's great. I know. I'm pumped. Yeah, very pumped. We are here. Absolutely. The Super Bowl evidently is tomorrow. Who are you going for? Niners? Neither. I am hoping. Casual observer. That the arena collapses. Okay. Or Vegas breaks out riots. The I don't want to say bomb threats because that seems really aggressive. Yeah. But like yep. Yep. arson. Yep. <laughs> or the lights go out and just don't come back on. Somebody suggested a meteor. That's a great idea. Yeah. Either way, this yeah, is the first Super Bowl. For a meteor. I feel like this is the first Super Bowl where I will be. Well, no, no, that's not true. I was doing this last year too. Back-to-back Super Bowls for Beans, where he just boos both teams. Right. Because I hate both teams. Okay? If this would have been the Chiefs' first one, I wouldn't have cared. I'd be like, you know what? Let Kansas City have a Super Bowl. But no. I can't do it. I can't. Especially now that they have Taylor Swift. It just adds icing on the cake of why Mm. the cake should be thrown in the garbage. Mm -hmm. See, I'm in such a... And I don't mean this in a bragging way, but I'm just in like such a healthy place with the NFL in the sense of like like I'm a Colts fan, but fan without the fanatic attached to it, right? Like when the Colts do well, do I enjoy it? Yes, but when they are mediocre to poor, it really doesn't mess with my day, right? And so when it comes to the NFL playoffs and ultimately the Super Bowl, I'm I'm really able to as much as I can in sports. Just enjoy it for what it is, right? I, I don't, uh, I don't care who wins or who loses in general, um, unless the team is coached by Pete Carroll, who I hate with a uh, undying passion. But well, Pete Carroll's no longer coaching. He's, he's out. He's out. He's so, out. They hired some defensive coordinator. So who am I to hate? I mean, it's kind of, it's kind of sad that Pete's leaving. He was really easy for me to hate, but then he also kind of became like, okay. So I remember watching Wedding Crashers. Loved the movie, of course. Hated Bradley Cooper after watching Wedding Crashers because he's just spending the whole movie taking it to my boy Owen Wilson. And I can't have that. And he and Bradley's just a dick. He in played the movie. a great douchebag. He in was that phenomenal. Movie. He right? was a great douchebag. What you come to realize it was just great acting. Yeah, yeah. By yeah, Bradley for sure, Cooper. For sure. Because uh it turns out like I remember Googling the guy, like, I hope he's an asshole. No, it turns out actually he's like donating to charities he's spending a lot of time with folks in need like he's a generally it's a phenomenal cover. person right <laughs> it's gotta be a cover unfortunately he's a great person <sighs> and then more movies with bradley cooper came out in later years and now i adore him uh pete carroll is starting to transition that way a little bit since he wasn't having success <laughs> as a coach it was like you know I like you because you suck at your job. You're 70 years old, and yet you've got all this energy, this vibrancy. I'm okay with you, man. I, I, I'm starting to be okay. And then he gets fired, and now I almost feel bad for him. Almost. 
but almost. So I, I personally refuse to talk about my favorite team yeah. because I don't know if they're my favorite team anymore at this point. It's it's been tough go. But anyways, they did the most. They did the most. Fit like I don't want to mention their name. They did the most like thing they could do as that as the team that they are. Right, right, right. And they hired Mike Zimmer as the defensive coordinator. I said I. This is exactly why we are mediocre all the time. We get nobody new, no no younger faces. Just recycling the old dudes. Exactly. And guess what? Zimmer's been here before. Mm-hmm. This is his second go. Are you kidding me? Okay, D- don't get me wrong. Great defensive coordinator. I'll, I'll give you, back in the day, back in the day, he earned his chops. Yeah, he time. earned his right. Technically, I don't even think he was that bad of a head coach for the Vikings. Also true. The Vikings just couldn't hold it together no. for the life of them. No. They just couldn't. He just got a little too curmudgeon for good old Minnesotans. Right. Yep. So. Yep. But I was like, yeah. It's yeah. gotten to the point where our Hall of Famers, Emma Smith, was asked, hey, uh, what would you do, or what, what would you do with the coaching staff? He's mm-hmm. like, well, I'm not the GM. Or no, he's like, uh, what do you think of Mike McCarthy getting another year? I'm not the GM, is what he responded. <laughs> Meaning, he wouldn't have gotten another year if it was his choice. Anyways, Whoops. I did not think I'd start off angry. <laughs> Jordan, I didn't think so. Well, I mean, just, but we're you know, here. Recycling old dudes is just what we're doing as a country. I mean, can you not wait for this upcoming election? We're not going to get down that rabbit hole. But is this not, like, fake? Is this not surreal Look, that our options are too ancient Turd buckets. Do, do like, you? See, we can't do any better. Okay, I will write in. Right, Steve Rogers, a fictional person, on the ballot in November. That's my current plan. Well, Steve Rogers, he's my guy. I mean, they'll they'll pick who, the the government will pick who they want. Anyways, anyway, <laughs> but that's besides the point. Uh no, it's. Think about me. <laughs> think about me. I've had three voting cycles. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It was Hillary Trump, mm-hmm. Trump Biden. Trump Biden. I have not I would, had a chance, man. I would understand, right? I would understand if you just never voted again. If you're like, I, this is a worthless endeavor. It's literally I, I the less. It. I would get it. It's literally the lesser of two evils. Yeah, but I know. Aren't there reports coming out now with Biden being like, um, like evidence of him not having his shit together, like actual like documents? So, long story short, yes, a doc, like a report in a. And supposedly objective investigation came out that said, listen, the reason why he, uh, it was, had to do with his handling of classified documents. The reason why he was not following uh, the appropriate protocol or law in this case is because he was a well-meaning, forgetful old man. That, that was what was said. And so then, of course, people are jumping on that going, well, then how on earth can he be president? And so he comes out that same day to give public statements in regards to the report and saying it's disrespectful that they said that that's not true and in his comments he misidentifies and misnames like the president of Egypt with the president of Mexico and so it was just Freudenscheid it was just it was so tough it was so tough but again then the alternative is Trump it's like are you kidding we can't Something better, please. Give me a real choice. Because right now, we don't have a... It's not way, a real choice. Dude hasn't debated yet, and he's killing it. <laughs> oh my gosh, but, it's unreal. But here's the... This is the thing that bothers me the most, okay? Because 
any other job, mm-hmm. any other job, that's mm-hmm. not politics, you would have to be like, at that point, at that age, you'd have to take a competency test. Okay. Yep. Now, there are at least three other politicians over the last year that they don't have control of their estate, meaning, meaning that they have their money, they're not allowed to touch it, somebody else touches it. Because they aren't competent enough to touch it. And they are still in office. Do you remember that one old guy for the interviews? He was literally like this. Hey, sir, do you have any uh, statements on this? They had to, like, move him off stage. He he didn't know where he was. He's like... (sighs) It's truly brutal. Truly brutal. This is the state of our politics. Thank goodness... We have entertainment to distract us. Oh, dear God, this is a comic book podcast. Hey, goodness. What rabbit hole did we go Woo! down? I swear, we just want to be angry this podcast. I think we I think we just must. I you must feel must. our wrath. Well, Beans, as we get into the wrath, I think, you know, we're going to talk some daredevil just, today. Just wait for the top five. We, we <laughs> just, just wait for the top five. We are, we are rebounding back into <laughs> daredevil season one. Because we wanted something great to talk about, something that we haven't watched in a while. So we're going to dive into that. We're going to hit a handful of other topics. I'm going to continue down my train of the Fantastic Four, recapping that for you all. We will have another phenomenal JP and the Beans top five. But before we get into any of that, as Daredevil is our prime rib topic of the day. Riles, my question for you. Oh, yeah, you. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. I love putting you on the spot here. All right. So, thinking cap on. My question for you, Daredevil. All right. Let's set a little context here. Blind, as we all know, Mm. and yet the rest of his senses uniquely heightened. If you were forced to sacrifice one of your senses, however, in exchange, your other senses would be heightened, right? So there's a trade-off. You're not just losing here. You're gaining. So whether it's a sense or a faculty, like maybe you're not able to walk, for example, uh, what would you give up in order to have a return of heightened remaining abilities? Great question. Um, See, he's actually got a really good scenario. It's not bad. It's not bad. It's not bad. Because he still technically is able to see, just differently. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. in his defense, ten times better than any of us could see. Okay? He's dodging more things than I am because he can hear them. It's... Okay? Right? I don't want to be deaf really that bad. Mm-hmm. Okay? There's too many cool... I mean, of course I can still read at that point. Reading Sure. And let, let, let me reiterate that. Like, I don't... I don't. I want to be. This is a challenging to, question. I want to see pictures, question. right? Yep. I almost want to say, my sense of feeling, mm. like mm-hmm. Ajax from Deadpool. Right. That's a pull. Now, wow. here, yes. here is the downside. You have no idea when you're hurt. Right. <laughs> but right. on the flip side, it doesn't hurt. <laughs> You can kind of just like dangle your finger or and be like, oh, that's not the way that's supposed to bend. But like, yeah. outside of that. Well, I think of like Professor Xavier, right? Dude can't walk, but has extraordinarily or extraordinary psychic abilities. Right. Right. So uh, on top of being uniquely uh, 
intelligent. Uh, it's just, uh, yeah. What would you What would you lose in order to gain um, the sight piece? I'd still want to be able to see, just to be able to read. There's so many good things to watch. There's also so many bad things to watch. Like, by the way, yeah, there are. By the yes, way, I know we we didn't make we didn't put Madam Web predictions in here at all today. No, no <laughs> I know, I know that was a choice, and I feel really good about that choice. There will be I'm, zero predictions for that. Oh, what a shit show! That grapple. Yeah, <laughs> that might yeah. be the title of this episode. <laughs> it, I think if I had to choose, though. It's perhaps it's because so much of my life is like loud and noisy. Right now, I would choose to go deaf. It's I, really weird. I, I, you do have five kids. Exactly. I, I understand. And they all talk at once. Yeah. Over course. each other. Yeah. Yeah. I see. I'm gonna say feeling because mm-hmm. the more I think about it, like I should be able to hear, right? So if there's something hard, right, I'll still be able to tell that I hit something. Sure. Right, I can still see, yeah, and I hear. Because here's the other one that I debated: smelling. Because I'm like, what do I need to smell? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like a gas leak. I know. It's just, it's just such like a a weak one to give up, though. Right? It's right. like nobody's gonna care. It's like, cop oh, out. I can't smell. It's like it's cop out. And no one's gonna feel bad. Right. If you have a right. little handicap sticker in your car for a loss of smell, n- nobody's gonna be like. Do you really deserve that? Right. 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 And really, you're a hazard to the rest of society. You're not aware that you stink. You need to use deodorant. You need a shower. Or just go be a trash man. That's a perfect job for it. That's a perfect... Interesting. You know? Sure. Sure. Okay. Okay. Well, phenomenal answers on your part. Lose the smell. Go work with trash. All good things. Miles, let's talk season one. I thought you'd never ask. I am, though. I'm so excited. Tell us why you're excited to talk season one of Daredevil, Riley. There's a lot of positives to hit. Fill us in with those positives. So, first of all, I just want to say this is a brilliant idea on your part. Okay, Because I haven't seen season three. So season three is going to be a whole new experience to me. I forgot how good this show is. To be honest, I think it is one of the best origins we've seen live action Period. I don't think it gets much better than this, right? And it's a more like Correct. common, like or a more updated modern take. I don't know the, if there's much difference. I'm pretty sure it was ripped straight out of the comics. His dad dies because he didn't right. take the fall. Correct. Uh, he's blinded by the chemicals Correct. and enhances his stuff. Mm-hmm. Trained by stick. Like I think all of that's mm-hmm. pretty much the same. So. And there were some things I didn't remember correctly, so that was interesting. Yeah. Um, like, the deaths. Like, I remember who died, but I yeah. didn't remember how they died correctly. Right. right. Like, uh, oh, what's his name? Wilson Fisk's right-hand man. Yeah, um, Wesley. Wesley. Yeah. Yes. First of all, loved him. I think it was a dumb decision to kill him off. Okay, I thought he was great. It great was a part. loss. I right. agree. He was phenomenal. I remember him standing up and getting shot by somebody else completely. Mm-hmm. The fact that that was Karen Page, mm-hmm. I was like, "What an idiot! <laughs> Why would you put your gun on the table? It was loaded. You wanted to die. Like, talk about like where a character just failed completely. That 
doesn't make any sense. Darwin Awards, Wesley wins. Like, and then I remember Ben dying, right. but I thought right. for sure in my head he was sitting at his computer filling out the article and got shot in the back of the head. That's how I remember it. And yeah. I didn't remember the conversation he had with Kingpin at all. Right. Right, right before, like, I, I was like, oh, yeah, he's going to die. But I it, I didn't remember him getting strangled. Oh, man. By the yeah. way, that's a tough way to go. Oh. Strangled. It's a brutal death. Another guy. A brutal. Another guy that should not have been killed. Mm-hmm. Great part of the story. Correct. I love Ben Urich. Correct. Mind-boggling. Mind-boggling. But the show is so good. Yes. I, again. Origin-wise, I think it's perfect. Do I wish we would have got more time with the suit? Yes. Mm-hmm. I think that's where the flaw... I think the build to the suit was great. Yep. And I think the intro to the suit, him and that fight with Fisk, I get why you waited yep. that long. Yep. But I wish... It was wish, payoff. I wish more of the episode had the suit. Yeah. yeah. I, I totally agree. It's a phenomenal, phenomenal season of television. And... I don't know why it's easy to forget, but it is easy to forget how good it is. But truly, I, I don't think I, I don't think there has been a more. I'm not saying it's necessarily the best or the only one, but it is right up there when it comes to a genuine and faithful adaptation of a character, and not just of Matt Murdock, but also of Wilson Fisk. Like and the MCU has done this in other occasions. They've really crushed it with a good number of their characters. So again, I'm not saying oh they finally got one right. No, they just got it. I think uniquely, uniquely correct, right on the doggone button. And that's what makes the show tick. Is both of those characters are so worthwhile. But they're not trying, as the TV showrunners, they're not trying to take the character as a template and then reinvent it. Like, they were smart enough to know what they had and just lean into it. I mean, they ripped so much of those characters' personalities and physical demeanors and costumes, like, just straight out of the comic. And it worked incredibly well. That was perfect. Incredibly well. Like, they knew we don't, we shouldn't mess with this. And that is, that's just a delight. And Matt Murdock and Wilson Fisk are such great, like, foils for each other. Because they have enough common ground where they're not complete opposites of one another. They're both violent. Like, they just are. Matt's a violent dude. (laughs) They both have anger issues. Matt is also an angry dude. And they give in to those anger issues. Now, Matt shows a little more restraint. Doesn't kill people. Wilson kills the people. Right. Uh, But there is, for as much as they each will say that, hey, they're trying to do what's best for the city, there is plenty of, like, self-serving going on here. Like, Matt just wants to beat the crap out of people. Right? And so, he enjoys being Daredevil for that. Uh, Now, he points his rage in the right direction, so that ends up being a useful... Like, he turns it into a useful tool. Um, But he doesn't always have the moral high ground. And Wilson Fisk, it's like... He does, like, genuinely want to make the city better, but it's not because he cares for the people in the city 
uh, for their own good and their own well-being. He, he just wants to be the top dog. He wants to be highly regarded and highly respected. Um, and so he's very flawed in his motives uh, as well, more obviously so than Matt Murdock, of course. But what a... I just love and so deeply enjoy how realistic the show is. Like, the fight scenes are not cartoonish in the least. And listen, I enjoy and have enjoyed so much of MCU fight scenes. I don't mind at all Captain America flexing his superhero serum abilities, Iron Man in the suit, Thor, etc., etc. But there's a weirdly refreshing element of watching Matt Murdock tango with other human beings and it's tough. Like it is not easy for him to do what he does. Like he, the dude takes a beating throughout the oh, yeah. just without the bo- without the body armor it's tough. Right. Yeah. Uh it just it really re- reminded me of this like I remember seeing this comic panel and it's just all these like New York villains talking about who they like have been caught by in New York oh, City. Yeah, yeah. And they're like, yeah, yeah so, um, like, <laughs> and they're talking about, like, the certain territories of the heroes. And they're like, yeah, so if you go to Hell's Kitchen, you're going to get the shit beat out of you. They're like, you're going to end up with, like, a broken arm, but you're going to live. Right. And they're like, Spider-Man's the best person to get caught by. He's going to web you up. You'll laugh at his jokes. And you'll come out almost without a scratch. Right. And they're like, and if you see the Punisher, you run. You run for the hills. You get out of touch. And so it just really resonated with me watching this. I'm like, oh, yeah, I forgot how brutal Daredevil can yes. be. And not that it's a bad thing, but it's because I think it's personally, I think it's great. Because it you're is. like, oh, like he wants these criminals to actually learn <laughs> yep. in a different way yep. than like Spider-Man Correct. or... Correct. or they're Punisher or like all these other people. So right, right, yeah. It's uh, he's a terrific character, and it's a little bizarre. He has such a fascinating like pop culture track record of, in the sense of as a comics character, he's been one of Marvel's most critical characters, and he's had a movie made about him. Right, like we talked about the post. <coughs> You know, we discussed some of the more surprising movies that have ever been made. Maybe one of the most surprising ones we haven't really talked about that much is the Daredevil movie with Ben freaking Affleck. And it and it shouldn't be surprising the fact that it was made because right. he's when you think of solo characters for Marvel, he's probably top three at the time, yeah. right? Like right. even before right. the MCU blew up, he was one of their exactly. top guys, correct? Well, and that's but that's part of what's bizarre is that you get to you know get to the MCU and he's he's not considered right I mean he's not part of the Marvel Studios the TV branch is its own thing and maybe that had more to do with rights at that point but regardless like he is a phenomenal phenomenal character to spend time with so glad that uh, glad we were finally able to do that right and I think and before we get into like character breakdowns yep because I see that's what you have on your list, I do. and I'm yeah, super we'll excited about it. Yeah, I think this is probably like the first episode, the first eight minutes mm-hmm. is probably the most like. If that doesn't get you hooked, like, yep. it's probably the best hook of a TV show. Period. Yeah, 
right? Because it shows you exactly who Matt is, where he's at, what right. his character is like, right? And like it sets you up for the whole show because this is how he operates. Yep. The beautiful like back and forth with the preacher mm-hmm. talking about what's right and what's wrong, mm-hmm. and at the end of it, him being like, "Yeah," uh, so he's like, "What did you do?" And he's like, "It's not what I've done; it's what I'm about to do." And mm-hmm. you're like. Oh shit! Oh shit! And they go straight to the docks. These guys are trying to human traffic, and all of a sudden, he's fighting fists, and all you hear a broken. I think that's what really sets the tone. When he breaks that guy's mm-hmm. arm or leg, mm-hmm. he breaks a limb, and you're like, I remember being the arm. Yeah, yeah. Ooh, you're like, oh shit! You're like, this is awesome. <laughs> but like, just to go through all of that. Like it's iconic, yeah. absolutely iconic. Yeah, it's it's terrific. It's terrific. Well, yeah. Let's let's go through let's go through the main characters that we get to spend time with in this show. Um, so Matt Murdock, right? Start from the very top. Portrayed by Mister Charlie Cox. I've never seen Charlie in anything. Nope. Same. Other than as Daredevil, and I can't imagine him as anything but Daredevil. He's a fantastic at this Daredevil. Point. Uh, he's incredible, and what a challenge! Like when. I think it's a challenge, at least, to portray a character that is uh, that's blind and to do so so effectively. Like, you have to be, I think, extraordinarily disciplined. Effectively and respectfully. Yes. Like, I don't yes. think it's a bad portrayal of blind <coughs> people. Now, I'm not yeah. blind, so I don't know. And I guess Link wouldn't really know. That. <laughs> Anyways, I mean, I know besides right the point. It's right there. <laughs> it's right there. <laughs> but truly, like, I think of like the physical discipline that it would take to consistently like fixate your eyes and your head on one area while your you know your co-stars are in another space because you're trying to help convey the you know the fact that you're blind and yet still having to deliver lines effectively, still having to generate and show emotion. Um, pretty doggone impressive. Pretty impressive. He, I think he does the anger emotion really well. He does, he does. Part of what I really, uh, yeah, what I enjoy about Matt Murdock, and they do such a phenomenal job in this show, and they get into it some in season one. I think maybe even more so in seasons two and three. But just him having to wrestle with his internal his internal demons, right, and not go too far with his uh, with his tendency for violence. Right, like he's choosing, like we talked about earlier, he's choosing to guide it and direct it in such a way that it can help people. But there are times where it's just a, you know what, whatever. I'm just gonna go out and knock some skulls. Together. Well, and he had that upbringing, like he exactly. had that upbringing of like, yep. uh, no, I want you to be able to kill people and mm-hmm. not feel any remorse at all. And he's right. like, no, no, they, right. they, I can't kill everybody. That's crazy. Yeah, Stick was a little bit of a uh, messed up individual. Yeah, well, for sure. And yeah. I don't know if you have this this character on there, but yeah, while we're talking it. about Matt, mm-hmm. I, I what I really appreciated about this in the first couple of episodes is the way his dad was portrayed. Like I gained so much respect for his dad throughout that entire mm-hmm. couple of episodes he right. was around. Right. Like to go through all that put his life on the line for his son because he's like, you know what? I'm going to guarantee him a future. Yep. I've been holding back. Like, yep. I, I want to go out 
making my son proud. Yep. And then to go follow through with that, knowing damn well he's going to get shot and killed. Yep. Like, and it, because it, it just sets the tone for Matt moving forward. Yeah. Like, the fact that he doesn't get, like, he always gets back up. Right. Like, you're going to have to kill Daredevil for right. him to stop. Like, that's just how it's going to be. You're going to have to put him down on the ground. Right. And just to have that, like, yeah, that ferocity of, like, I'm going to beat you up as much as I possibly can mm-hmm. with, and, unless it kills me. So well, that's a great pull, Riley. His, uh, the portrayal of his father was so effective and, and not... It's too easy, I think, in origin stories uh, for for the acting to get overdone to where it just feels almost like it's a parody. And they hit the right notes. Like, it was sincere. It was worthwhile. And I don't think there was any element of the flashbacks that we saw with Matt and his dad where you're going... Listen, we know where this ends up. Can we get there? Right. right. It was right. worthwhile. It wasn't forced. It wasn't Not like a ran- it wasn't random. No. Like it was no. it was perfectly intertwined. Yep. So yeah. 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 Very, very much so. Yeah. Um, and then of course you got Wilson Fisk, right? Played by Vincent Dontriel. Whoa. I, the dude, again, like I know that he had a run on Law and Order. I've seen him in a couple of other things, but he he is now who I picture in my mind as Kingpin. And again, you're talking like ripped straight out of the comics. That's no, he's he is incredible. He has done so well with that character to the fact that he is like Robert Downey Jr.'s Iron Man. Yes. Whoever has to follow that, good luck. Yeah. Like you're you're at a disadvantage. Yeah. Because he just plays it so well, and he he plays it with like a mentally ill. Mm. like mm-hmm. touch like yep. you know that he's not all there right like you can see the way he interacts with other people like yeah. oh something don't click here yeah and you can even see that with his flashbacks with his dad and mom like even as a kid like it wasn't yeah. fully clicking the way that it should have right. and just to develop into this absolute beast he is a beast it's a good word for it and part of what I enjoy about the portrayal as well is he he's so controlled, right? And that takes you weirdly almost like start to respect Kingpin because you know, just like you said, listen, the guy's a beast, and yet he's not just randomly rampaging as a beast, right? He has disciplined himself to direct the beastness and he'll unleash it but he's not just out here punching holes in drywall instead he has built an empire through ferocity yes through ruthlessness but through cleverness also right and through being able to show restraint as opposed to just going well when in doubt smash right he's not just a human hulk and that's but that's also what i respect about the character yep like He's not afraid to get his hands dirty. No. Like he's not gonna he's not gonna be that guy that's like clean. He's like, I'm gonna just shoot you. Right? Or I'm not gonna just like cut you open and make it No, he's going to I don't think the man owns a gun. He's going to pound you into the dirt. Mm-hmm. It's going to be brutal. He's gonna strangle you, which we talked about earlier. He's going to push you down an elevator shaft. It's gonna be tough. He's going to just punch the shit out of you just because he's frustrated. Right. Like he's he gets physical. 
<laughs> he's I'm not afraid. Like, what other what other crime boss do you know that doesn't own a gun? The guy doesn't have a gun. Guess what? You just smashing folks. You play you you fight Kingpin in the opening scenes of the first Spider Man video game. Mm-hmm. Guess what? Kingpin's not shooting mm-hmm. with guns. Mm-hmm. The only thing he's shooting is like a, maybe a laser beam out of his cane, right? Because he can, because he's rich. But other than that, why wouldn't you have a laser beam cane? If you, you are could? swinging around because you don't want to get into close combat with Kingpin. Yep. Ask Spider Man. Yep. Right. Right. No, I think uh, I think the portrayal is incredible. Truly incredible, and it just that that's what allows this show. To go from it would have been just it would have been really good if it was just Charlie Cox's Matt Murdock and they didn't have Kingpin. But when you have such a phenomenal adversary partnered up, paired up with the hero, okay, now now you're you're winning. It's incredible. Well, and here's the other thing too, and it's a mind-boggling concept. Mm-hmm. What if we just don't kill the main villain? Right. Right. Crazy. What can happen? So Kingpin's presence is going to be felt throughout the first three seasons and still live throughout the first three seasons? Are you kidding me? Do you know how unheard of that is? Is that okay? First of all, can you imagine in a perfect world, in a perfect world, okay? Killmonger doesn't die. And our boy Chadwick Boseman beats cancer lives on can you imagine the dynamic between those two through three to five black panther movies it would have been incredible it's like you're you know honest thor and loki honestly i'm tearing up thinking about it because it would have been it would have been a a beautiful thing yeah but like that's what this is yeah this this how it should be the villains should be around for a while especially the iconic ones yeah well because there is and and this is why there is so much to explore within that character, right? That's what a great villain is. It's They are a worthwhile character independent of the hero. And yet when you put the hero, who should also be a great character, independent of the villain, and then when you cause their worlds to intersect, now that dynamic it becomes very powerful. It becomes very powerful. And they're better off the story as a whole is so much richer for it when you have both a worthwhile hero and a worthwhile villain. And part of what's so critical in that equation is both of those characters have to believe that what they are doing is the right thing to do. Right? It cannot just be chaos for chaos's sake. It has to be a or madness for madness's sake. It has to be a no, their motives are grounded so firmly in what they believe, and then their actions flow out of that, and that creates conflict. I mean, there is no, there's no world where Daredevil and Kingpin are going to be allies. But part of what happens in the comics is Daredevil and Kingpin almost battle each other to this point of a draw where they just allow each other in a certain sense to exist out of some like almost like a samurai kind of respect right where it's like you're my mortal enemy but I respect you as my opponent right and so for example in the comics Kingpin figures out that Matt Murdock is Daredevil 
and does not share that information with anyone. Now, there's also a comics run. This is where because comics. <laughs> there's also a comics run where dear, where Kingpin knows that Matt Murdock is Daredevil and very much uses that against him. But think of the ramifications, right? If Kingpin wanted to, he could out Matt Murdock as Daredevil and just ruin his life, right? right? And he chooses not to. Similarly, Matt Murdock, if he wanted to, could kill Kingpin, like either literally kill kill Kingpin or kill his wife, or he has means by which he could just totally undo Kingpin. But there's such sincere adversaries that this respect forms where it's just a, all right, well, we're destined to battle against each other, but it's a... it's more respect than personal. Right. It's fascinating. Right. Yeah. Absolutely love it. Let's let's talk about some of the supporting cast. So Foggy Nelson, as played by Eldon Henson of Mighty Ducks fame. Stories from my youth. Incredible. Can't believe Eldon's around. Good for you, bud. Karen Page, played by Deborah Ann Wool. What were your impressions of, of Matt's best buds here? Okay. From what I remember, I remember Foggy being annoyed. He gets annoying at points. Yes, but yep. at so, but at like, as, for some reason, especially like when he finds out that he's like Matt's yep, Daredevil. Exactly. In my exactly. head, I was like, I remember it being a lot whinier than it actually was. <laughs> like this set, this watch, I was like, you know what? Like I kind of get why you'd be mm-hmm. mad. Mm-hmm. I get it a little bit because you're worried about your friend's safety. That's the whole thing yeah. behind it all, right? Yeah. But like, it's not self centered. No, no, it's, it's really not. Which. That's pretty admirable, right? Because right. he would have good reason to be like, hey, what are you doing to me here? Right. And so I was like, you know what? I respect Foggy a lot more yeah. on the second watch through. Yeah. And with Karen, mm-hmm. I don't know how I feel about Karen. <laughs> I just don't. Because it's like you put her in some awkward situations, <laughs> and it's like she just always just ends up being – like it's yeah. almost the re- – it's almost the reverse of like the damsel in distress. Yep. Because she always yep. ends up like getting With out of gun. it. And yeah. With the gun. Killing the guy. <laughs> By the way, like I, I I had to analyze that scene in my head. I'm like, first of all, was she in the right for killing the guy? Mm-hmm. And then I was like, well, probably mm-hmm. because she probably A doesn't think she's making that out alive. Right. And rightfully so. Right. B Good expectation to have. Right. B, everybody that she cares about was just threatened. Mm-hmm. She's like, oh, yep, we know about Matt. We know about Ben. We know mm-hmm. about Foggy. Mm-hmm. And, uh, well, that's it for some reason. Um, you have no one Small else. Circle. Crazy, Small circle. Crazy that you have no one else <clears throat> in your life. It's like, no, you know what? I get, I get it. I get firing the gun. But at the same time, I'm like, you have her kill him? And now she, like, feels all guilty about the death. And it's like, shouldn't you not? It's just one of those things where I'm like. Yeah, they didn't. This is the one character with Karen Page that they really didn't know what to do with, it felt like to me, in this season. Now, she becomes a much more worthwhile character in seasons two and three of Daredevil. And in Punisher, she's a much more worthwhile character. Because she partners up. I forget she's in that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, she becomes a huge ally to Frank, starting in season two of Daredevil, and then it carries over into season one of Punisher. But season three in particular of Daredevil, 
she's yeah, she's got some great talent. No spoilers. No, no. I'm spoilers. super excited about season three though. Oh, you like after be. watching this first season, I'm like, oh, okay, uh-huh. yeah. Well, because I'm like, I can't wait for Punisher. This yes. is gonna be great. Yes. So that was that. I felt like was a bummer, and I think it was a common. Like Foggy was perfectly fine. Uh, he's such a unique character in in my opinion. Like just, I get. Because here's he doesn't strictly speaking need to exist. I don't think. Like, no, he doesn't. He, he, really, he really doesn't. And so there's there's plenty of times where I'm like, what what's Foggy bringing to the table? It, 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 what's it's, up, bud? it's to show that Matt can have friends. Right. That's literally all he's there for. It's like, right. oh, he does have friends. He has a social life. Now I will say I think that the show gives Foggy both more to do and more credit than. The comics sometimes do. The comics are very hit and miss with Foggy. <laughs> like, seriously, like, Foggy is either uh, sharp and worth having around because he's like a good law partner to Matt, or that he's just an absolute dunce. Like, has no clue that Matt could maybe possibly be Daredevil and is just like a lovable bumpkin. Truly. And so I did like the direction. That the show went where no Foggy's got lawyer chops, man. Like he belongs in his role. And I would prefer that anyways. Yes. I don't. Yes. I don't want a dumb lawyer. Because no. Because no. to me, you're like, why would Matt, a great lawyer, yep. go into business with a lawyer that's dumb? If anything, right, doesn't really th- make sense, right. does it? At that point, Foggy shouldn't be a lawyer. He should be a, an assistant. Oh my gosh. Correct. So. Bendis' Daredevil run is much more kind to Foggy in that respect, where it gives him more, uh, yeah, more genuine chops. And, and so I, I was appreciative that the show didn't uh, didn't dilly dally and, and just kind of turn Foggy into the bumpkin. They gave him some and, and, and Foggy I, Bear, Foggy Bear, right? It'd be so like the name is just so tough, so tough. But I think this is just a common thing with with shows. It takes time for, right. especially the secondary characters, to get fully fleshed out. And so I think you feel that a little bit early with Foggy, especially with Karen. But as more time passes in this season, and then again, seasons two and beyond, um, it's even more, uh, it's just that much more in-depth, that much more well-developed. So it gets better. It doesn't get worse. It doesn't stay at the same occasionally. Like, uh, that was a little... Right, right, right. It it gets there. All right. Ben Ulrich. Played by Vondi Curtis Hall. Never seen Vondi in anything else. Correct. Uh, Ben gets robbed, man. He does. He gets freaking murdered. I I remember when I watched it the first time, I was like, no way. Right? No way. Right? After all that, they kill him? Now, does it establish Kingpin further as a badass? I, well, yeah, not badass. Not, I shouldn't say badass, ruthless, but like, ruthless. yes. Yeah. And like, okay, I understand that then. But like, you really like sent him down a spiral. Like, he was literally about to just bust the case wide open. Yeah. And that's not why he died. Yeah. He died because he interacted with Kingpin's mom. Not by his own will, by the way. And that was all Karen. Like, it's a poor guy. Right. And, to the end, loyal. He's like, you know what? I was the only one who went. It was just me. No, it wasn't. So, uh, yeah, the 
I remember watching that scene for the very first time also and being stunned. And I feel like that was the reason. This is my biggest beef, and maybe my only beef, as a matter of fact, with this season, is you can't kill Ben Urich. Like, I understand if Kingpin has to try to kill him, but can't he get interrupted before Ben is dead? Because Ben is such a... Truly, in the in the pantheon of Daredevil characters and supporting characters, he is crucial to Matt Murdock and crucial to Daredevil. So to have him get killed off is just it just felt really uh, felt really short sighted. The show goes on, yes, but like they have the character of Ben, you you know, Uric essentially get replaced by you know his editor in the future seasons. It's like, so Which you, you need the character. I wish you wouldn't have done that. Exactly. Right? It's like, you need the character. Well, so just, you don't need to kill him. And cause I, I, I wanted to look it up because yep. I was, I was, from what I remember growing up, like he had like his pulse on like the street level heroes. Yes. And oh, very much so. Not just daredevil. Correct. Like, so to me, that tells me, Oh, he'd be a great linchpin for the Netflix characters. Very much. But so. that didn't happen. Also, I remember Phil Yurick being the Hobgoblin, so I was like, is that Ben's son? Mm-hmm. It's Ben's nephew. Fun fact. But, because that's, that's the, uh, I was like, well, Phil, he worked for uh, the Bugle, and uh, right. uh, they uh, he faked his death, and yeah. uh, he came back, and he, no, actually, he did not fake his death. He actually died, murdered, and then they found out afterwards that he was the Hobgoblin. Ugh. Fun facts. Anyways. Break Phil. Bes- besides the point, <laughs> down that rabbit hole. Yeah, to yeah, me. But, but agreed, the, the, he is, he is truly a linchpin. He should have been the Phil Coulson. Instead, they end up using the Night Nurse. <laughs> like, think about it. They use the Night Nurse in Luke Cage, in Iron Fist. <sighs> and I believe she was a love interest in two of those shows. Yes! Yes! Like, I don't, because I, I don't want Ben smooching dudes, but keep him involved. <laughs> keep him on the team. Why are we killing Ben? That's why he wasn't doing that. That's why he had I to guess leave. not. He, he refused to a smooch and he went out. <laughs> See you, Ben. Oh, yeah. Because they, Mr. Hall, Mr. Curtis Hall, did a great job with the character. He owned his scenes, and the character Ben Urich would have been phenomenal to have had around for much, much longer. I agree. I agree. But, I, you know, you almost want to make them like, you know, younger too, in that oh, sense yeah. as well, yeah. just a little bit. Yeah. Agreed. Like again, Agreed. not not against the actor because I think the actor did great, but yep. you're almost like, man, if you want him to stick around, why don't you go a little bit younger? Yep. Yep. But. Speaking of old dudes, how about Stick? Scott Glenn. Stick it. Stick it. Go I ahead. know you have no idea who Scott Glenn is. So, well, you might as well. Scott Glenn's a freaking dude, man. Like from the '80s and '90s. This isn't helping me. <laughs> Scotty Glenn. Let me tell Scott you. Glenn is a dude. That he, does not help me at all. <laughs> He is in so many good movies. He is such a phenomenal actor. How on earth they talked him into, hey, Scott, you want to play a blind ninja? Incredible. Incre- I remember when he showed up on screen, I'm going, Scott? Scott Glenn? Is that you? I'll be darned. So, love that. What a cool character, though, by the way. Uh, Stick is a badass. Right? That- another old blind uh, Like another blind ninja? This one's just older? He's, he's a dick. And Absolute that. tick, and but that. he is a badass. Every... Hasn't responded to his adversity well. Right? No, like he is 
I feel like he steals the show every time mm-hmm. he's on there, which is exactly what you want. But like, it's not just like this side, like, oh, like I was a part of his past, like kind of trained him. Like, no, no, he's relevant. Yes. And he's relevant through all yes. three seasons. And they kind of even use him to set up season two, season right, three, right. etc. So it's like, yeah, this guy's awesome. Mm-hmm. If I remember correctly, he was in the Defenders. Correct. And he was a badass there, too. He maintains his his standards. So, not that we're going to watch the Defenders, but regardless. Right. right. There you go. Yeah. Stick was a lot of fun to spend time with. And deep down, he does care because he kept the little ice cream bracelet. He did. That yeah. asshole. <laughs> <laughs> and again, it was ripped straight out of the comic. So, just knowing what you had and just rolling with it. Like, kudos. Is he that big of a dick in the comics? He's not a great person. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I, I think they lean into that uh, more, maybe more than they quote unquote needed to. But he's not a tender, loving guy. I mean, he, he's <laughs> he's just not right. He's he's a little more, I would say, like mysterious. Like you probably just don't get to see as much of his personality. But he's definitely cold. He's hard. And then they're like, let's just let's just go full full Richard here. Let's just do it. Let's lean into it. Uh, it was it was great. Okay, um, favorite scenes from this season: the hallway fight scene, hallway in episode f- two. Just what an all timer! First of all, that's iconic. Yes. it's an iconic fight scene. Sets the tone. Um, I will reference the opening scene for the rest of time. Um, we already talked about that. Uh, oh, is there any other? I honestly, the final fight with the suit versus oh. him and and uh, Fisk, great. Yeah. I think that's a great fight. Uh, him the the ninja fight, yeah. the ninja fight with him yeah. and Nobu, yeah. uh, underrated. Yeah. Now, do yeah. I wish they would have? I th- I wish that fight would have been a little bit more organized mm. throughout the episode because mm. it was a little bit all over the place. Sure, where and they're kind of cutting in and out, in and out, and it didn't even start at the beginning, and then eventually it does start at the beginning, and you're like, yeah, and then it just hops to the end. It's a unique choice. It was interesting. Yeah. I wish it would have been more just straightforward. Right. Right. But. I get that. I, I mean. The fights are incredible. There's no wasted action. No. They're just. Uh, no. It's uh, terrific. Oh, yeah. And I think. I think. Because uh, Daredevil's, like, to me, his iconic scene is the opening scene, right? Yeah. I think the one that sets the tone for Fisk is when he takes the Russian oh brother. And. Oh decapitates God. him Gorsh. via the car door. I think that scene has to be mentioned because, to me, that's what sets the tone for yep. Fisk. Because yep. you're like, oh, okay. I remember watching that the first time. I was like, oh. And then the second time watching it through, I'm like, oh, that dude wanted help. He just was poor timing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's what he gets for it. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah. Because it, 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 it just shows that, okay, so Fisk doesn't want you he wants you hurting and then eventually dead. Like, just crushed and crumbled. It's, there's no cleanliness in his, no. as you mentioned earlier. He's very, very okay with getting his hands dirty. What a tough way to go. Sure, no problem. Happy to, happy to do it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, all the action is, is terrific. It's, uh, I rewatched the whole fight scene again before I came over here. and It just... It's so, it's so brutal. It had to be so difficult. Like I just had a res- such a high respect for everybody involved in that shot. Like that's gonna be exhausting. 
right. to do that all in one take, it just, it's incredible. Um, yeah, no other scenes that I can think of to highlight, but uh, there's so many, you know, so many effective scenes throughout the show. Correct. Yeah. All right, what are you looking forward to with season two? Now that we've got season one under the belts again, what are you anticipating for uh, season number two? Well, I'm looking forward to the Punisher. Mm. That's pretty much it. <laughs> I don't really care about anything else. I I cannot wait to relive the prison scene where Kingpin's like, I'm done with him. Get rid of him. And he just breaks a mop handle off. It's he's awesome. like, <gasps> like, it's his dream. Yep. Like, Kingpin gave him his dream. <laughs> and yep. he's like, here you go. Yep. He's like, I get to kill all these people? Yep. And he just uh, annihilates a whole prison s- oh. section. It's insane. So, personally for me, John Bernthal's Punisher, because uh, we talk about perfect castings. John Bernthal's Punisher was perfect. I'm so excited for him to be coming back in the new season of Daredevil that we're getting. This is going to be great. I hope they keep the... Like, by the way, the way John Bernthal just does absolutely unhinged is perfect. He does unhinged. Pretty dang good at it. So well. He crushes it. So even in his own show, it's like, this guy's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I'm looking forward to the Punisher as well. Uh, I'm I'm trying to look forward to the second half of the season where Elektra gets brought in. It was for me when I about her. Yeah, when I watched season two the first time, that was uh it was such a tale of two halves where the first half of the Punisher was incredible and the second half with Electra was not as incredible um for me it was in the whole scope of the daredevil show the weakest point of that story so i'm hoping that on second viewing there'll be more there'll be more to gain from that uh, from that time and that's unfortunate too because you would think with daredevil and the lore like his Electra stuff would be more yeah uh like interesting for his character personally not right not because let's be real punisher's always going to be cooler than electra but like for daredevil specifically mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. he should be or she should be more yeah. important and yeah. feel like that so. so looking forward to giving that a second blush that'll be good Jeez, we already that late in the oh game? yeah we're wow. well we did have an eight minute side tangent about <laughs> life sucking essentially <laughs> We do rant a bit. Well, let's do this. I want to hit, uh, I selected Ben Urick as the C-list hero in this case of the pod. Then we'll get into the top five. I right. think that's I think that's smart. We won't dilly-dally, and I won't take a long time with Ben. But I just did want to take the opportunity, uh, since as it turns out Ben is not in seasons two or three, uh, to call some attention to our guy, Ben. So Ben, in the comics, is a writer for journalists for the Daily Bugle and a few other fictional publications. Um, but he provides such a critical tether for the heroes to the people that they strive to protect, right? So he is really important to the character of Daredevil because when we talk about, hey, Matt dealing with his inner demons and not going too far over to the, the rage side, Ben York is a really crucial part of what helps keep Matt tied to his humanity because he knows, on account of his phenomenal journalistic sleuthing, Ben knows who Matt Murdock is. He knows, or he knows who Daredevil is, rather. He knows that he's Matt Murdock. He's learned about Matt and, therefore, Daredevil's origin. And yet, even though 
revealing Daredevil's identity would just be a absolute. Uh, gosh, there's a word, and I'm I'm, I'm blanking on it. Uh, but he would make Ben would make his name and make his fortune on that story. He doesn't do anything. He just keeps it to himself, even when pressured to give up the ghost, so to speak, even when pressured to give up Matt. As a matter of fact, in Bendis' Daredevil run, there is a time where Matt is accused of being Daredevil, and Ben is pressured to collaborate the story, and he refuses to do so, which ultimately allows uh, Matt to disprove that he's Daredevil, even though he is. But regardless, Ben is such a great character for Daredevil, Obviously, he's a tether to Luke Cage, Jessica Jones, Danny Rand, all the defenders, right. really, right? Um, and he goes toe-to-toe with freaking Norman Osborn when Norman's trying to take over and ultimately does take over. But Ben just, uh, you got to respect the guy that he has nothing but the uh, but the pen and a piece of paper, and yet he goes to war with it. So, Ben Urich, ladies and gentlemen, he's your guy. Yeah, he's dope. He is. He's dope. He is. Riles, it's time for a top five. You you really feel all the rage today. Oh, absolutely. Let the rage flow. So, folks, now that we've spent some time in positive town, let's drop back into negative bill. All right? I guess, we, I, I guess Daredevil was positive. Daredevil was very positive. As we mentioned, phenomenal, genuine, faithful adaptation of a tremendous character and characters with Daredevil and Wilson Fisk. Well, it just got us thinking... What are the uh, opposite end of that? What are some of the worst portrayals of characters that we have had the displeasure of witnessing and experiencing in the MCU in particular? Yeah, if we included DC, this list would just... DC will be its own list someday. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I didn't want to didn't want to burn the both candles so quickly. Yep, that's uh, fair. I, I mentioned it, I'm like, oh, that might actually just take over the list. They, I think they have way worse <laughs> castings than Marvel ever did. Yeah, so this can come down to, right, like poor casting or just misuse of a character or portraying the character in a way that just has little to no bearing on who the flick they really are in the comics. So without further ado, Riley, you go first. My number five is Iron Fist because this was at a time when they were really going with the Netflix street level characters and I don't feel like Iron Fist at this time had enough gas to have his own show Mm -hmm. and on top of that Mm -hmm. I don't know if the casting was there okay Mm -hmm. the only other thing I've ever seen that guy in was Game of Thrones yep and uh that character had a rough go in Game of Thrones Mm -hmm. okay Mm -hmm. we won't get into his character of Game of Thrones you can look him up but anywho so, this was just like, it was an interesting choice because I was yeah. not like a super big fan of that character in Game of Thrones sure. either. So I was like, sure. okay, let's see what he can do with this. And I don't know if it was just him or poor writing or whatever, but I had little to no interest in what Iron Fist was doing. Yeah. I couldn't believe it got a second season. To me, I don't know why they just didn't do Heroes for Hire and just have Luke Cage and Iron Fist together from the get-go. Yep. Like, don't get me wrong. Iron yep. Fist's background is super interesting. Mm-hmm. But, like, I don't think he had enough juice. Go- and they tried with Colleen Wing, and yep. she was not bad in that show. Yep. But, like, and now, was Misty Knight in his show as well? Oh, I don't 
remember. I know she was yeah, in. I'm she not, wasn't. Was she? Was she in Luke Cage? She was definitely in Luke Cage. And was I just she? Don't remember her being in Iron Fist. She was either in Jessica Jones. Jessica Jones. There you go. That's I knew one. she was in another one. Yep. So I don't know. It to me, I just I needed a little well, bit more. And they didn't. They didn't do what they did with Daredevil. They didn't just rip it right out of the comics. No. Like, so they didn't know what they had, and they didn't do a good job with it. And listen, we saw Shang Chi and the Ten Rings. You know, many moons later, great. Kung Fu. That's exactly what that should have been. Where and was it wasn't. the Kung Fu? That's the whole point of the damn hey, character. And on top of that, I couldn't tell you who the villain was. I couldn't tell you. Yeah. Can you tell me? Do no. you remember? No. no. No one remembers who the villain was in Iron Fist. No. That's a problem. Correct. So. Correct. Yeah. Not a not a good portrayal. Number five, Iron Fist. Yep. My number five is Kingpin in Hawkeye. Okay, so not oh, Kingpin overall. I'm being very, right, very specific here. Kingpin in all three seasons of Daredevil and in the more recently witnessed Echo. Awesome portrayal of the character. For some reason, we put him in Hawkeye, had him wear a Hawaiian shirt. That's the best part. <laughs> and get his butt kicked by a teenage girl with a bow and arrow. Okay, uh, for some reason they chose to neuter Kingpin super hard. Truly, no idea why. Plot armor. Jeez, oh, I remember being so excited during the first time I watched Hawkeye. Well, actually, first and only time I watched Hawkeye, and going, "Oh my gosh, they're bringing Kingpin in! Incredible!" And then it was just a clip. It wasn't downhill. It was you got pushed off a cliff with no freaking parachute. Terrible portrayal of the character he was he was just weak he wasn't ruthless it was tough luckily he gets redeemed in echo which i never oh thought God. i would say that i know but Same. he did get redeemed in echo <laughs> thank goodness yeah thank freaking goodness so anyway that's uh that's my number five <laughs> okay my number four modok Ooh, interesting okay listen it was funny, okay? It was. I laughed, uh, and will laugh again if I ever watch that movie. But also just, like, what a bummer. What a bummer that they couldn't even make the character look worth a crap. Like, should there be some funniness? Of course. It's a freaking huge hit. Like, he's supposed to be ridiculous. It, Lean it, into it a little bit. It yeah. is, like, there's absolutely an element of ridiculousness to it. But the fact that... It was so clearly half-baked from the design and execution point of view. And to have freaking Darren from the first Ant-Man movie like be inside the MODOK helmet, it's like that that just shouldn't have ever been a thing. Like that just don't do that. Like you're just don't do it. If that's what you're gonna do with the character, that that was one of those. If this is really what we're doing, just don't touch it. Yeah, see, I like it I like him a lot better than the comics, obviously. Yep. But to me, it was a lot more reasonable of how he ended up in that yep. than like in the comic. Yep. Where his head just gets so big that his limbs just do this and oh then he gosh. floats around. Yeah, it's, it's going to be ridiculous no matter what. I, I probably have most of a beef with just the fact that it looked so butt cheeks. Right. It was just tough. Honestly, if you want a really good portrayal of, of MODOK, look up some clips from the Avengers video game. By the way, shit, shit, shit video game. 
Okay. Huh? It did. It it had so much potential, and execution not was good. not great at all. Not but good. they made him up like actually s- scary. Right. And he was less of a just a giant head, and he was more giant head, still decently yeah. sized body. Yeah. Anyways, go look at him a little bit. Actually, not bad. That's good. That's good. So that's my number four, Florida. My number four, Zeus from Thor 4. Oh, jeez. So, Dude. Now, now, don't get me wrong. Dude. The Greek gods are known for their philandering. Mm-hmm. Okay? Especially Zeus. Mm-hmm. All right? The dude pretended to be a goose and got a girl knocked up. Is that correct? I'm pretty sure. Anywho, either that or he knocked a goose up. One of the two. Neither is good. No, neither is good. Okay? <laughs> Zeus, <coughs> the most unloyal dude I've ever yeah. heard of in my life. Yeah. Okay? Not a good partner. So they nailed that in this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But he was not intimidating at all. Jeez. The god, the original god of thunder. Right. Maybe, maybe the original. I don't know who came first. The god of gods. Essentially, the yep. guy that when you think of gods outside of our Lord Jesus Christ, mm-hmm. God bless, mm-hmm. outside of that, you go Greeks, you go Zeus. Mm-hmm. I was not scared of Zeus at all. No. And then he just gets offed. Right. And he doesn't die. But right. you think he dies, and you're like, that's it? It was just such a goofball portrayal. And it you had Russell Crowe! So Zeus is my number four. That's a good pick. Really good pull. You're number three, sir. Oh, yeah. Me, me again. Yes. Number three. Should, if this isn't on your list, I'm actually going to be mad at you. Flash Thompson in the MCU. Interesting. Great pull. No, great pull. Not on my list. Didn't even think of it, but great pull. Terrible. Yeah. Terrible. That is not Flash Thompson. No. I do not care. Flash Thompson, first of all, He's do you want to... He's for, a jock. First of all, the first Flash Thompson... Joe Mangia, what, yeah. I don't even, yeah. not even try right. that. I know. Who's playing Deathstroke, by the way. That yep. that should set the tone. Okay? The dude's a badass. Completely, by the physically way, different person. By the way, on a whole nother note, rumors say that if Sam Raimi gets the Secret Wars job to direct, he has already thrown his hat in to play a, an alternate version of Flash Thompson oh. where he plays Agent Venom. All in. Mm-hmm. Give, him all, give, me, give him all of my money. Okay? Flash, this Flash Thompson, <laughs> not intimidating at all. Right, now, right. did they nail the Spider-Man fan in him? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Because that is part of Flash, which is hilarious, is he's a huge right. Spider-Man fan. Right. That's it. There's nothing intimidating. The la- Even the one from Amazing Spider-Man, that dude was intimidating. Yeah. This yeah. Flash, not at all. No. Not at all. There's no. It's just not the character. No, it's just, he's just not a, Flash Thompson. He's a turd. Correct. That's all he is. Correct. In the first two, he's actually a bully. Right. This guy's just a turd. Yep. Yep. Flush him. Love it. Great pull. My number three is the Mandarin. Why bother? <laughs> Truly. Like, We're talking Iron Man 3, right? Iron Man 3. Not the... Yep. Not the... Yeah, they're trying to like retcon it in Shang-Chi, and I'm just like... Ah. I still don't even buy that. That's the thing. Like, it doesn't even redeem it for me. It's like, you're not the Mandarin. Like, don't... That was This was never part of the plan, right? You're just trying to publicly say I'm sorry without saying I'm sorry. What, truly, why bother if you're not going to take the character 
seriously. You can give him a different power set. He doesn't have to have 10 magical rings. It's okay if you're going, that doesn't really jive with... I disagree. ...with the Iron Man thing. I right? want him to have 10 magical rings. I would love I, to see him I'm do that. I'm giving the... them that... <laughs> I'm trying to give them that grace just to illustrate how ridiculous it was where they're going, no, no, listen, here's what we're going to do instead. He's not actually going to be a villain. Uh, <coughs> he's going to be played by a, you know, drunk and cracked up British actor. And he's just going to completely be a red herring. That's cool, right? Great. One of Iron Man's most foundational, important villains? Outstanding. Let's roll with that. What are we doing? What? How does, truly, how does that get approved? Like, that was nonsense. That was absolute nonsense. It is disrespectful. It's like, and then they put Killian. Good. You're like, this dude's not even, no. like, no. sure he's got more, like, oof no. with Stark, but come on. No. Just, yeah, that was ridiculous. All right. My number two, okay? This is a little bit of a unique uh, unique stretch in the boundaries pull kind of here. Thor's villains, <laughs> Malekith, the Frost Giants, and Gore. You talked about don't kill the freaking villains? Hello? Malekith in the comics is Thor's Joker. He is a menace. He is chaos personified. We got none of that in Thor the Dark World, and he gets offed just like that. Gore is unfreaking stoppable. Done. Just like that. The Frost Giants, they're giants. Yeah. They're huge. They are a problem. And they're just now Thor just goes over there on a whim because he's a young, foolish kid. He's like, you're done. Gotcha. Toast. The Destroyer, is that in there? <coughs> or that I might... didn't even think of the Destroyer, but you're right. That got off really quick, oh, too, gosh, from what I remember. These are elite-level opponents that are just getting defeated, and not just defeated, but permanently defeated, as in killed so quickly. Done dirty. And, and just so unfortunate, because there should be epic struggle here, like there was with Hella. She was a phenomenal villain. Only one they hit. Only one out of four tries. So, Thor's villains in movies one, two, and four. Yeah, I didn't. My beefs. Here's the thing I didn't even include any of the Thor villains on my list because I don't remember them. I, they're so forgettable. My, minus Gore, like, and that's just because, because it's recent. fresh. Yes. But, like, yeah. at the same time, it's like. I know. It's not technically him. No. It's a problem. It's the execution. Anyways. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So exactly. My number two is the Mandarin. Okay. And you probably both share a number one. But anyways. (laughs) I know your number one. Mine's gonna surprise you a little bit. So number first of all, if my number one didn't make your list, that's absolutely insane. Anyways. (laughs) That's absolutely (laughs) insane. Now Mandarin, I remember sitting in theaters, and by the way, when Ben Kingsley was announced for that, I was like, this is going to be awesome. I know. Because I was like, he can, like, handle the room. (sighs) And I remember, I was like, 14? How could you not be excited? 13? I don't know. I was was a middle school, high school kid. I was like, are you kidding me? Mm -hmm. They butchered it. Entirely, and we could keep going and going and going on that, but yeah, that's my number two. Yeah, I've never felt highway robbery at that level, it was ridiculous. No, and number one, this shouldn't surprise anyone at all because if you've been with us for as long as you've had, 
You know. Back when we were in Jordan's old house. Yep. Shout out to that old house. Ten Street. We watched Black Widow. Mm-hmm. And I went on a tangent. Mm-hmm. And I was furious. Mm-hmm. So number one is Taskmaster. Mm-hmm. By a mile. Mm-hmm. First of all. First of all. She's doesn't even talk. Doesn't even talk. Like, what are we doing? Number two. What are we doing? The suit is terrible. It's doesn't resemble Taskmaster at all. It's ugly. It's so ugly. And it's an she, awesome suit in the comics. Just like the face underneath it. No offense to the actress. Now, in her defense, it was pretty scarred up from like all the vomiting and stuff. But anyways, and then that twist. And by the way, I saw it coming, and I was like, no, don't do it. No, gross. And they still pulled the trigger. And I was like, no, it's an absolute atrocity. The only thing that I could could fix it. And it's not even it's not gonna be Thunderbolts. Okay. There's two things that could fix it. One, Deadpool three. Yep. Deadpool three, Ryan, for the love of God, Ryan, do it. Pull the trigger. Give us a real actual taskmaster. That would be great. I would love to see that with Deadpool. Anyways, that and then number two. Is if in when the Thunderbolts comes out, because for some goddamn reason, they're like, you know who <laughs> we should, down. you know they're who we should down. bring back Let's because be they were so well received. <laughs> Let's just bring back half the Black Widow cast for the Thunderbolts. <laughs> you brought Taskmaster back, subjectively the worst character portrayal of all time. <sighs> Terrible, awful, no good, no. bad. Very bad. The fact that that's not your number one is absolutely it's, it's insane. Truly, for the sake of variety, because I knew you were going to be on that hill, and I totally agree. Terrible. My number one is just Nick Fury in Secret Invasion. Um, they did him so dirty, so dirty. Nick Fury would never marry a scroll. That's super what are we weird. Freaking doing that was super weird. No, it was actually semi uncomfortable. Uncomfortable. Yeah, not semi. It was uncomfortable because I was like, ooh. All right, I got to urinate. You, you go I'm ahead. Out, I'm out. <laughs> I'll, 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 I'll finish it. Oh, on that note, if you guys like this podcast, Woo. you know where to find us. Go to YouTube. Subscribe to JP and the Beans Talk. Um, let's see here. I had another shout out too. Um, where is that shout out? Because you know, we we had some buddies of ours. They started a podcast. They've been on here a couple of times. So I figured, you know what? We're gonna give them a shout out. Let me go to my library and see if I can find it. It's called What's in the Box, and that's with Dylan and Soul. So if you like those guys from uh, like four or five episodes back, they talk movies in general, okay? They don't talk just Marvel and DC stuff. So go go check them out. And then uh, follow us on Instagram. Um, they By the way, they're on Spotify, I believe. I don't know if they're on anything else. So, But everything else, yes, all love. I wish them nothing but the best. I hope they knock it out of the ballpark. Uh, on that note. Brought to you by Liquid Death. I shouldn't have had two <laughs> <small> voices. <laughs> it's gracious. What a great episode. Uh, <laughs> on that note, Godspeed. Peace.